What's up, everyone? Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Copan. It's May 20, 2022, and this is Lift and Learn episode 87. In this episode, I'll be talking about why eating whole foods can benefit your life in so many ways and why injuries are the biggest roadblocks when it comes to achieving whatever goal you have in regards to fitness, whether that be weight loss, getting stronger, or just living an overall healthier lifestyle. Before that though, I'll talk a bit about what I've been up to lately, and that might include fitness-related topics, and it might not. If you want to follow me, your host, on Instagram, it's isaiah.copon, and you can also check out my website, isaiahcopon.com. The podcast is on Instagram, at liftandlearnpodcast, on Twitter, at liftandlearnpod, and also on Facebook. You can just search Lift and Learn Podcast. With that being said, let's get into it. The best form of exercise is, drumroll please, whatever you can do consistently. I know I talk a lot about resistance training on here, and that's because I do believe that for most people, that's the best form of exercise. But like I said, that's for most people. There are times when cardio is the best thing to do, or just some light walking, some yoga, or mobility drills will be best thing to do. Uh, it just depends on what's going on in your current state of life. Would it be a good idea to go and lift weights if you're feeling super sore and run down from already going to the gym maybe three days in a row? Probably not. That's when a lighter form of exercise would be better for you. So things like yoga or mobility drills and stretches or walking... Some form of recuperative exercise would be better in this situation. One of the biggest problems with exercise is consistency though. So you might not even be at a point where you're going to the gym and lifting weights one or two or three times per week, and that's okay. Some people just don't want to lift weights, especially when starting out. The first few complaints I get is, I don't want to get big and bulky. And believe me, you won't, because those people you're comparing yourself to are people with top-tier genetics and people who have been lifting weights for several years and have been on top of their diets, so stop comparing yourself to people you may see or follow on social media. You don't know what they're doing on a daily basis, you just see a snapshot of their life, maybe a few minutes of their day, and they're only going to show you the best times of their life, not the struggle that they've had to endure. In terms of overall health, the best form of exercise is whatever you enjoy. And I mean whatever you enjoy the most. Something that gets you moving. If you're someone who just prefers lying down and that's the best activity ever, I understand. But there's really no secret when it comes to losing weight. Yes, diet plays a huge factor here, but also one big part of it is that you're going to have to move more. The best thing to do, if you really don't want to lift weights, just find anything, something that gets you to move more. You have some people who are more motivated to participate in a group setting, maybe like a group exercise class. Some people like the one-on-one training, maybe you like training on your own, or maybe there's a sport you like to play. You may be goal-oriented, that could mean signing up for a short run or something, don't go straight into doing a marathon if you're a couch potato. Having a goal, that could help you when it comes to being consistent with exercise. Find something that gets you moving. 
I've had clients over the years who loved to go for walks, but just couldn't find the time because life and kids got in the way. I told her to just block off 10 minutes of her day. Schedule it in. Don't just tell yourself the night before, oh yeah, tomorrow when I wake up, I have so much time, I'll have breakfast and then go for a quick walk. That might work, but if you recognize that you've said this to yourself at least on three occasions, and then, again, life and kids get in the way, and then you end up skipping it entirely, clearly something needs to change for you to actually get out and go do whatever it is. So block off 10 minutes a day, make yourself a schedule, tell yourself that, I don't know, at 8 a.m. or 10 a.m., you have an appointment with yourself to better yourself for your own health and well-being, walk or whatever it is you want to do for just 10 minutes a day. So this client did schedule her form of exercise into her day at 10 a.m. and then ended up actually going out for that 10-minute walk. She did that for a few weeks and then she said, you know what? That 10 minutes is pretty easy. And then over time, she started to extend the length of her walks. Then after a few months, she thought that she could get into something a little bit more intense. So we started lifting weights for just a few minutes along with that walk. So that short 10 minute window she blocked off for herself, eventually that bloomed into her now working out for a half hour or 45 minutes. That happened after a few months time. So that short 10 minutes, that gave her the momentum to want to do more. Her body just craved more movement. It's the complete opposite when you lie around and sleep in on your days off and then you tell yourself, wow, I'm actually still tired even though I slept for 12 hours. Oh my god, I've been there. Again, your body just craves whatever it is that you're doing consistently. So whatever form of exercise you enjoy the most, find whatever it is, start off slowly, start with just 10 minutes, do that consistently a few days of the week, and you should see a little snowball effect there. That's going to lead you to being healthier, stronger, you may achieve those weight loss goals if you just start somewhere, and if you keep the, up that habit for long enough. That being said, I've, incorp uh, I've started to incorporate, actually, my own daily walks outside now, which feels great. It seems like summer's just around the corner, so I've been enjoying the weather outside lately. Got to see my best friends uh, on one day of the week. Just got to play a bit of tennis that day, shaking off some rust there. I went to the driving range the next day, played my first round of golf this year, played spike ball for the first time. I'm a natural, of course I am. <laughs> uh, even played basketball that day with some family. I got a bit of a tan going on now. Definitely feels good to refill my vitamin D stores, which, I mean, that feels amazing. The weather has been so nice. I've been chilling outside. Started reading the Steve Jobs biography by Walter Isaacson, which I'll talk more about, uh, talk more about later. I didn't realize it was such a long book. It's more than 500 pages and like four, uh, 40 chapters or something. So my plan there is this, uh, just to read one chapter a day at the very least, or sometimes half a chapter if it's like a 20-page chapter. So yeah, I've been finding excuses to go outside and read that. Even took my cousin's dog for a few walks this week. And this dog clearly does not get out much. Such a nice day. Brought him to the park, which was like 15 minutes away. And <laughs> we ran around for maybe five minutes. And then all of a sudden he sat down with his back towards me because he was facing the way home. So after those three minutes, he did not want to run or walk around anymore in this wide open field. He was, I mean, he was dragging me back home after that, like literally pulling me with the, with, uh, with the leash. 
And it's good that he actually knew the way back home, because I might have walked past it if it wasn't for him. As soon as we got inside, he went straight for the water and food. That's probably the most exercise he's had in the longest time. It was pretty funny. Our second walk, though, I think it was two days later, it went better. He ran, he ran around for almost a half hour, so that was huge progress already. My cousin's family actually has this device for the dog. I think it's called a Fitbark or something. So it's like a Fitbit for dogs and it tracks the steps too. I thought that was pretty cool. I think there's even an app. But yeah, he did much better on the second day. And that day I did remember to bring him some water, which probably helped him with his stamina. See, if water can help dogs push through a workout and perform better, it's the same way with us humans. Yeah, it was a great week, actually. Got to spend a lot of time outside because the weather has been pretty good. It was like in the high 20s in Celsius, which was awesome. Rewinding back a little bit here. Okay, I ended up going to the driving range. Just a spur of the moment thing late last week. That went surprisingly well. So I decided to go out and hit my first round of golf. Just a little nine hole course, like 10 minutes away from me. I went the next day. My tee time was 6.40 a.m., <laughs> super early, and I had everything ready to go the day before so that I could just focus on waking up and taking my time getting to the golf course. Ended up making some new friends. We played at Peel Village, and it's just, a like I said, a short little nine-hole course. I had this amazing, oh my god, I'll never forget this, amazing par save on the eighth hole. After losing my first ball in the water, because my driver is just all over the place, I dropped the ball, so the third shot was just a layup right in front of these trees. And then, oh man, right into the sun, I hit this amazing approach shot from about 110 yards out to this elevated green too. I absolutely dialed in this shot to within two feet of the hole. Easy tap and par. Should have been a birdie if I didn't end up in the water off the tee with my driver, but I'll take it. Training is also going well in case you're wondering trending in the right direction with training uh every week for the past three months or so is just bringing on more and more progress so that's good ohp overhead press that's one exercise right now that's getting tough to progress but i'm still doing more than 135 pounds so that's good at least bench is right around 306 one rm with a controlled tempo so that's a good sign if I do a touch-and-go rep with a quick negative tempo, it's probably a bit higher than that, but I'll just keep it the way it is. Squats are up to a mere 255 pounds with some pretty solid tempo also. I've been doing these with constant tension. Uh, I don't know if you guys know Charlton Banks. If you go ahead and check his Instagram, his training clips are insane. I just saw him squatting four plates on the Smith machine while talking and demonstrating exactly what he was doing. He was saying that's a deload for him. And I don't know, his form is just immaculate. In terms of diet, I think I'm officially starting the cut right now. I tipped the scale at 177 pounds a few times this week, which isn't my all-time high, but I'm still feeling a little bit fluffy. I think dropping around 5 to 10 pounds or so will be great. So I'm going to give myself like 2 or 3 months for that. My midsection is getting a little bit out of control. So let's see where those 5 to 10 pounds take me. Not putting too much pressure on myself. So I'm planning on just cutting a bit of carbs this weekend. Maybe 50 to 100 grams. Not too much. And, oh, here we go, some big news. I think I will try a bit of a keto diet for maybe one or two weeks, 
but I got to prep myself for that first. I got to plan out specific meals, what I'm going to eat, but I'm pretty excited actually. I've never personally done a keto diet, but I want to see what ketosis is like and how that feels. And no, this is not going to turn into me being some dude who's just going to say keto is the best diet ever and that everyone should do it. I've been reading a bit about it in the, um, what's that book called? Uh, Genius Foods by Max Lugavere. So I wanted to see if I can experience some of the benefits of the keto diet, which could reduce inflammation, some brain clarity effects, and it'll be great for me to actually focus on trying new foods, especially new vegetables, because I need to add a bit more to the rotation other than broccoli and spinach. I might try some cauliflower for a rice substitute, but like I said, I got to do more research on that and I'll give you my thoughts on it on here. I think it'll be interesting. I might have to log how I feel on a daily basis, just to really see if I notice any kind of differences there. The biggest problem or biggest hurdle for me doing a diet like that will be the lack of carbs in my diet. I think I have to keep it under 40 grams of carbs or something along those lines. That's going to be a complete 360 for me, because I've loved carbs ever since I came out of the womb. And being Filipino, I basically eat rice for every meal. So it'll be quite a change for me. I may try it for the first half of June and then again in July if I can figure everything out. I think my strength will get affected uh, affected a little bit, but I think June will be a tough month of training regardless. All right, let's get a little bit off topic here before I talk about the fitness-related topics for this week's episode. Off to hockey. This might be the last time I talk about it because the Leafs just could not pull through against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Another series lost. The Lightning's quest for the three-peat continues and more questions with how the Toronto team is set up. Is it a playoff team? I don't know, but at least to lose to an elite team like Tampa Bay isn't the worst thing in the world, but it is another... I mean, another hockey season without the Leafs winning a series pretty upsetting, but I expected it to happen, really. And last thing, book progress. I guess that's the new uh, topic on here. This week, I started reading the Steve Jobs biography by Walter Isaacson. I already said that earlier. I'm really into technology like phones, computers, TVs, and all that stuff. I used to be more invested in it when I was younger. I've always wanted to read this book, but I mean... Before this year, I never even read books, so there you go. I managed to find it at a library pretty close to me, and I'm reading around 10 pages a day right now. I try to get in a chapter a day, but sometimes that is pretty difficult. So I'm through the first three or four chapters right now, and it's pretty cool to see that all of Steve Jobs' past experiences basically led up to what Apple is now. There was the story about him and his dad painting the fences, and painting the whole fence, not just one side and then leaving the side that's not visible, leaving that colorless, it's about doing the whole job. That's very similar to how they do their own designs for their own products. Like if you take apart a MacBook, it looks super clean and organized, and they've been doing that for a while now, compared to the Windows computer manufacturers who just slap together parts and then when you open it up it could be a big mess inside. There was also one part about the fonts. So Steve Jobs failed out of college or dropped out or whatever, and then charmed his way into being able to drop in on classes without paying tuition. So he ended up taking this typography class, and 
he learned about sizing and spacing and different types of fonts. And that class ended up leading to Apple's desktop OS design that included multiple fonts throughout the system, something he said that Windows ended up copying later on. For my notes for the podcast, actually, I used this font called Helvetica Noia, which was one of the fonts, I'm pretty sure it was from iOS or their keynotes or something like that. And then so far, the book also talked about some of his meditation and his trips on acid and LSD, his Buddhism and India adventures, and also his crazy diet, which was basically just fruits and vegetables for most of his life. He keeps calling himself a fruitarian, and he was doing that from his early 20s or even before that. I do remember that he passed away from a curable cancer, I believe, but he was stubborn and tried to get through the whole situation with his own natural methods. But the book has been pretty good so far. I'm excited to read more. The next chapter is about the Apple One and Apple Two, so that'll be interesting to see how that came about. Question one. Why eating whole foods are so important? All right. This one is huge because there's actually so many benefits to eating whole foods, especially when compared to highly processed foods that we have in abundance now. It's so much easier to eat more calories than we need nowadays. I won't even get into the fact that we've evolved for over 6 million years and that Homo sapiens, the modern form of humans, have been around for 200,000 or 300,000 years. Whole foods are the way us humans have eaten for a long time. It's only the past hundred years or so where we've gotten away from eating whole foods. Now we have highly processed foods everywhere and it's only getting worse as time goes on. There's no way our great or great great grandparents grew up eating Twinkies, chips, or cookies on a daily basis. The obesity epidemic is bigger than ever and it's still getting worse year over year. The good part about highly processed foods is that we do make enough food to supply the whole world with food but most of it is wasted as opposed to going to more impoverished places. So whole foods, in case you aren't aware, are just, they're just foods that are as close to their natural form as possible. Any food without an ingredient list or without a nutritional label like potatoes, fruits, vegetables, beef, chicken, fish, uh, whole grains, nuts, eggs, things of that nature. Unlike highly processed foods that are loaded with sodium and sugar for flavor, stripped of their nutrients and fibers so that they'll last longer on the shelves, whole foods will keep you fuller longer. It's a more natural way of eating like our ancestors have done in the past. You actually get much more nutrients that your body actually needs from eating whole foods. The processed versions, they're going to strip out the nutrients. If you compare something like orange juice to actually having an orange, it'll be way better. They load up on sugar, strip the food of its strip the fruit, sorry, of its fiber content. Overall, making an unhealthy drink, if you really want to lay it out like that, just too much sugar and carbs for us to drink on a daily basis. Our bodies have evolved to eat whole foods, not these highly processed foods. We've been on the planet evolving, hunting meat and cooking it over a fire, or gathering fruits and other whole grains. That's what our bodies have evolved to do and eat, not to eat these easily accessible foods that are just so tasty. I understand, and you can still have them on occasion, but the majority of your food or your diet should be whole foods. I won't get into the whole gut microbiome aspect of this, but 
whole foods will be more beneficial for your own gut bacteria, and it can reverse some gastro issues you may have. If you want a real hack to eat less calories throughout the day, doing this alone, just have whole foods as much as you can throughout the day, it's a natural way to maintain a healthy body weight. This could make a huge difference because it's pretty easy to eat a whole bag of chips, but trying to eat a large potato is going to be pretty tough. You'll see how much that fills you up. That's going to be difficult. I found that I found this out on my own when I cut up these potatoes. I tried to make my own chips basically. I barely got through half because I was already so full so quickly and eating the whole foods option, that meant hundreds of calories less that I ate for that meal compared to eating the whole bag of potato chips. And that's a huge difference. It doesn't even feel like you're restricting really because you're actually eating more food that's actually good for you. Getting in more nutrients and minerals, a more complete meal when you really look at it. This took me years to figure out, and even now there's obviously still room to improve in my diet because, trust me, I'm not perfect. I had a donut from Tim Hortons earlier, and I'm not ashamed of it, but over the years I've been slowly making that shift to where I am now. It's all about making those small changes over time. A lot easier to make small changes, and that's what I've been doing over the past few years. The goal is to have half a plate of veggies at every meal. I'm slowly working my way up there. Yes, you'll be healthier. Less processed of a food means lower rates of heart disease, cancer, type 2 diabetes, not to mention your blood sugar will be more leveled off in a normal range. You're eating natural, not man-made shit. Now, I'm not saying to cut it out forever. Enjoy some of those luxuries, but don't make it a staple thing in your life if you're trying to live your healthiest life. Every other day, if you're indulging, it's probably not going to be good for most people. I have my own sweet tooth to deal with. I could eat carbs all day, but I've had to change that part of my life. I remember when I used to just take a box of cereal. I would sit in front of the TV for hours or play video games for hours and would just be munching on some dry cereal. Oh, it was so good. The original Fruityos. I'll never forget it. Just pumped full of sugar and doing that as a kid, like I said, I was way more active in those days also. And as a kid, you can get away with doing things like that on most days of the week. But if you're doing that and you're older, not nearly moving around as much as you did when you were a kid, that's brewing up some possible disaster there. With whole foods, you won't overeat. So that's a natural weight loss right there. You'll still be full and satisfied from your meals. You can make your food taste good if that's a problem. Cooking is also something that takes a while to figure out and, you know, perfect for yourself. Again, I'm not perfect, but over the years I've experimented with heat and seasoning and salt and all that good stuff. Before, I didn't even salt my chicken breast. I just ate it. I had no idea what I was doing when I started shaping my own nutrition. And I say it that way because I don't see myself as I'm on a diet right now. It's just the way I eat. I don't have to purposely eat healthy or feel like I'm on a diet. So a good tip if you're looking to eat more whole foods is if you're in the grocery store looking for food, stay away from getting most of your foods in the aisles. That's where the processed foods are going to be. So stay on the outer areas of the store. You'll see fruits, vegetables there, along with your meats, fish, eggs, and greens. That'll be something to keep in mind next time you go shopping for the week. 
So if you're someone looking to improve the way you feel on a daily basis, or you want to get rid of that stubborn lower belly fat, or you want to be more confident in yourself, and you don't want to develop those debilitating chronic health problems as you get older, then try to eat more whole foods, slowly start to move in that direction. You should see many benefits in your life, and you you may even lose some of that body fat without even trying. Question 2. Why injuries are the biggest roadblocks and how to prevent them from ruining your gains. Injuries are basically the worst. They really do ruin any kind of progress you're trying to make. It's stopping young athletes from making it all the way to the pros. Sometimes you'll have some up-and-comer in their teens, they get in a serious injury, and they may not even get drafted depending on the severity of the injury. It even stops some pros from continuing their playoff runs. See John Morant if you follow the NBA. Injuries have hampered many professional athletes' careers. Now, we may not know exactly why injuries are becoming more and more common, but we can probably attribute it to people just being more out of shape, more overweight, and in sports, and just in general, there's not enough focus on moving properly and optimally these days. This is especially true for kids in sports where ACL injuries are just growing in numbers. It's estimated that 70% of those could have been prevented, actually, if enhancing stability of the knee was more of a focus, as opposed to just that straight-line power output. Like, you always see those college videos online or university programs with the football players. They're always squatting PRs in the gym. I mean, that doesn't show their whole training, but there is a focus on that, it seems like. But most injuries don't happen that way. They're not happening because of high-intensity sports or anything like that. It's just from daily living and what our lifestyle has done to our bodies. But even if you're just someone who casually does sports or just maybe you reach into your backseat of your car and strain your back a little bit, or you look too fast one way and hurt your neck, oh my god, that's happened to me like at least two or two to five times. Those kinds of injuries are pretty much preventable, or you can at least lower the risk if you do some kind of preventative exercise there. This is why mobility is so important. This is why I've only been working out three or four times a week. On those days off, I spend doing mobility drills, because honestly, I'm trying to make some gains this year, and I don't want to get injured anymore. Spend more time recovering from said injury, I just don't want it anymore. So I'll spend time on areas that give me more problems. So for me, that's ankles, shoulders, knee. And I'll spend a few minutes per day just doing mobility exercises for those specific parts. You can easily just look up some routines on YouTube if you want. But my clients have access to me, so I give them the best exercises to do there. Okay, so some of my favorites are the 90-90. The cat camel or cat cow is a good one too. But I also love doing rotational movements because when you're just normal resistance training and lifting weights, most programs don't have any emphasis on exercises where you're rotating or like a different plane of motion. It's usually just one plane of motion. That's what I'm saying. So I find that those rotational exercises also challenge my core to become more stable. And with that, I feel like I have more body control. And so with those, you can reduce your injuries from doing those twisting movements, which are pretty common. They used to happen to me a bunch. Uh, I would grab my back, uh, my gym bag, sorry, from the back seat. <laughs> my God, it's happened like at least three times. I get it on my like right side. But yeah, I was in my 20s when that was happening to me. So that was just, that was a bad sign. Needed to fix that one quickly. 
now that means every time I go play sports, I'm going to do it at like three quarters speed. No more try hard mode for me. Just going to coast unless it's absolutely necessary to go hard, but I don't think I'll be playing any super serious sports anyway. That's because when I have gotten injured in the past, they've all come from doing sports, not from me actually lifting in the gym. I have yet to have a serious gym injury, okay? Thank God I'm blessed for that. And I think that's because I warm up properly, listen to my body, so I don't push myself past the point that I need to to make progress. So lower back, knee, foot and ankle and shoulders are the most commonly injured areas. That's why it's important to do mobility drills on your out what was I about to say there? On your off day, because injuring one of those areas could put a damper in any kind of training you're doing, especially if you're someone who has goals to lose more weight, gain more strength, or just feel great about yourself. If you're just a pretty average person like me, injuries, even minor ones, have in the past stopped me from getting to my goal, or just overall, it just makes getting to your goal more difficult to get to because of how injuries can impact your training. You have the whole recovery from the injury that changes depending on how serious it is. And then you have the whole rehab process. So that's exercising whatever area it is. And then starting that slowly, maybe with small movements at first for the first few days or weeks before doing loaded work. Of course, preventing those injuries would be the best idea. Now we can't prevent all injuries, but the minor ones, we can really avoid those for the most part by doing those mobility stretches that extend your range of motion and your body control over that extended range of motion. It's not the end of the world if you do get injured. I used to think that before. So just rest up, heal up, and then start to slowly get back into some form of exercise, whatever that may be. This is why before you start lifting with weights, if you're super new to the gym, what's arguably more important than the resistance training aspect, the most important part will be your focus on muscular endurance and stability while increasing coordination. Even if you're not an athlete, getting over these little setbacks are going to be so important. Not having these injuries will help you make progress going forward. From my own experience, like I said earlier in the podcast, I ended up playing quite a bit of golf this week, and some people might not think it's a sport, that's fine, but it can actually be pretty taxing on the body. There's a lot of walking, I carry my bags, I don't use a cart, so that's a day where I easily cross the 20,000 step mark, and doing that with a golf bag on my back isn't the easiest thing to do, so that was my first round of golf, then a few days later, I hit legs, so squats and lunges that day. Then later that same day though, I went to the driving range, which is where you just hit like a hundred balls in a row. And towards the end, I was feeling a bit of tightness in my glutes on one side. So I knew to start taking it easy at that point, got into the mobility drills the next day when I got the chance, didn't want to push any harder because I know that little tightness in my glute that could turn into something more serious if I wasn't being careful. In the past also, I've gotten injured playing sports. And that's been the main reason why I haven't progressed the way I wanted to in the past years. It seems like as soon as I got into a good groove, I get injured playing basketball or maybe softball, depends on whatever sport I was playing. The amount of times I've injured my ankles, which have stopped gym progress and caused me to gain a bit of weight due to inactivity, which led to unhealthy eating too many times, honestly. Then I've had to lighten the weight on squats again, basically restart from zero. And it takes a while to get back to where you're feeling confident in yourself and stable with, I mean, for me, it was my ankles. So where I was 
struggling to feel confident on while doing squats like because that left ankle seemed a little unstable so it takes work to get all that back and that's time spent like recovering mentally and physically that's why i always talk about trying to avoid injury as much as possible and mobility drills help with that and actually warming up before more intense activity like sports like basketball especially if you're doing a full court game Make sure to take some time off when you're feeling more sore than usual. This just happened to me earlier this year. I think in January, my lower back was acting up a bit, probably from training and physical activity I was doing at the time. I was scheduled to hit some deadlifts, but when I went through my warm-up, my back felt a bit tight, so I gave it a few days off. I remember this one specifically because I went with my cousins to the gym. Some people in this situation would push through just to get in that deadlift session, because it's anything for the gains, you know? But if I were to push through, it could make it even worse over the next few days or weeks, and it might even affect much more than my deadlift. I know this now. I mean, I had to learn the hard way. As a younger lifter in the gym, I would have pushed through, then had to take a longer layoff from doing exercises because the pain would likely get worse and could even affect another additional area also. So there you have it. Injuries can be a tough thing to deal with, they take up valuable time where you could be making progress towards your own fitness goals. You don't want to learn the hard way, trust me. So do your mobility drills to lower your chances of getting into those minor or major injuries. You can't prevent them all, but put in the work to lower your chances. And when you're doing any form of exercise, pay attention to how stable you are in those movements. Proper technique is important, of course. In your off time, do those drills. They may be boring, but you're going to be watching something on YouTube, Twitch, or Netflix today anyway. Put that on and do something beneficial at the same time. Those mobility drills will help you, I promise. And that concludes episode 87 of the podcast. Thank you for listening. If you really enjoyed the episode or my podcast as a whole, then please leave a review and comment on iTunes or whatever your choice of podcast platform is. Also, if you haven't already, you should hit that subscribe button because I'll be releasing episodes every Friday. If you want to follow me, your host, I'm Isaiah.Copon on Instagram. And you can also check out my website, IsaiahCopon.com. If you want to follow the podcast, you can check out at Lift and Learn Podcast on Instagram. And there's also a Facebook page if you just search Lift and Learn Podcast. <laughs>